On today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, Dalen Baldwin of Michigan joins the show as we continue our NFL drafty hopeful countdown, talking to the prospects, all of that. This one big gumbo of prospects the last couple of weeks here on the Locked On Texan Podcast. We hear from Nick Casario. Let's talk a little bit about that. And of course, the YouTube comments to end off the show. But first, it's Friday. Start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texas Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrator's own Cody Davis, as we have another show, as I mentioned, in the cold opening uh, with an NFL prospect. But before we dive into the future of this young man, Cody, we had an opportunity hmm. to hear from Nick Casario a week before the NFL draft. And it was a lot of hit and misses, but I think one thing that everybody can kind of take away from that conversation and press conference was there's a strong possibility that number three won't be moved, but number 13 may be moved. Cody, what was your takeaway from that? That was my number one takeaway. And it's kind of funny and ironic that we say that because prior to Nick Casario taking questions from us media personnel, he said that there was a lot of quote-unquote misinformation regarding what the Houston Texans are going to do in terms of a trade. I first took that as Texans Debo Samuel because we all have heard that the Texans are one of the teams that are interested in trying to get their hands on Samuel. We talked about that the last two days. But as Nick Casario went on to start talking, he didn't bring up a particular player, but he did mention the possibility of moving around the draft is still a realistic possibility. But he did say not too many teams have been calling about the number three pick, but number 13 has have had has had a few discussions going on. And John, we are less we are six days away from the start of the 2022 NFL draft. We all been preparing. Oh, somebody is going to get that number three overall pick, but it seems like 13 is going to be on the move. And I think Nick Casario hit the nail on the coffin when he said this draft doesn't have a he, he didn't really use this term generational talent, but it's something that we've been all talking about. When you go back and you take a look at last year's draft, you know, it was um, Trevor Lawrence is a must pick at number one. This person is a must pick at number two. It's not like that. He basically called this draft a crapshoot and it's a really deep class. And that is part of the reason why we are seeing the Texans say there's a possibility we're going to keep the number three overall pick. And if we move one of these picks in the first round, it's going to be number 13. Yeah, I can definitely see a scenario where Houston moves on from 13. If the player that they would, you know, project want to be available at 13 is not available and they may see fit to move back, give that 13 pick traded to another franchise, uh, accumulate a little bit extra capital in this year's draft, maybe next year's draft for a player that they don't want to overdraft, right? I think that's mm-hmm. a strong possibility. You actually talked about that. Right. And I, I definitely think that 
that's an option. Nick Casario did say on draft capital of having five picks in the top 80 selections. I don't use the term rebuild. Rebuild hmm. is more of an external. Uh, what I focus on is building our team. Excuse me, my light went out. But building our team is no different. We are building a program. Now, to me, this is to me. Rebuild, and I want to use that term for a lot of you people who have been stuck on just wanting, it seems like, the Texans <laughs> to be a bad team this upcoming year because you want another top pick in next year's draft for a possible quarterback. And I saw a lot of you guys that, you know, were sold on some of the quarterbacks like a Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler before they stunk it up this past season, <laughs> saying the same things about these quarterbacks coming up in this year's college football season. Slow down. doesn't look like Nick Casario isn't necessarily committing to being a terrible team. He's just going to build this team brick by brick. And, of course, it does go out. Uh, it does come out to Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, um, you know, Dino Vasso, the coordinators, the coaches, to, you know, put a product out on the field. And I want to say this. I think that at number three, Nick Casario, who mentioned that he would be basically a fool if he doesn't listen and, and consider what Levy Smith wants in this year's draft, something along those lines. So I can see a scenario where 13 is very important. I mean, three is very important to Levy Smith, and maybe 13 is very important to Pep Hamilton. And so uh, I think that's very interesting to hear Nick Casario say He's not focusing on a rebuild, more so on building this franchise. Really quick, John, before moving on, I do want to ask you this question just to get your opinion. Would you want to see the Houston Texans move out of 13? Me, personally, I would prefer if they keep that number three and that 13 mm. overall pick. Like I mentioned, there's a lot of holes on this team. And if I'm pretty sure everybody, reporter, fans, whatever the case might be, we want to see this team be a lot more competitive for this upcoming season. And I think that would be best if they actually keep those picks versus, you know, just moving on or whatever the case might be. You know, I'm kind of indifferent about that. I, I definitely believe that moving on from 13, in order for us to judge it properly, we were just going to have to wait and see what the compensation is going to be in return. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I just, I, I personally have no real feeling about moving on from 13 i'm just only in the position and my mindset is i have to wait and see if they do indeed move on from 13 what did they get back in return kind of like judging the deshaun washington trade right only difference is we knew it was going to happen but whether it was cleveland whether it was carolina whether it was atlanta or new orleans what are the Houston Texans going to get in return? Then that's when I can sit back and judge it and decide whether or not I like it or not. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of a $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is the Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair of sunglasses. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happens. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It is as simple as that. Plus, 
10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively right now for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses right now. That's code Locked On for the best deal of the season. Listen, guys, summertime is coming up, and if you want to look summertime fly like how I'm going to look June 17 at my wedding, you can use that 50% off. Again, locked on for 50% off two or more of pairs of the Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. And, and I want to continue by telling you guys about BetOnline. They continue to be your number one betting stats and sports information source. Find all of the latest sports betting developments, league reviews, news, and including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued number one source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and actions because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. The NFL draft is here and fans are dying to know who their team will take. Locked On and Odyssey presents the NFL Mock Ultimate Draft 2022. It's the biggest mock draft on the planet featuring 70 locked-on experts and Odyssey insiders, including Michael Irvin, for over six episodes. The NFL Mock Draft is available right now on the Locked On NFL podcast on Odyssey and wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan fans, viewers out there. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube page at Locked On Texans, as promised. You know, the last couple of weeks, we have been going through the draft process, days leading up to April 28th and next Thursday. Today is no different. Speaking with draft prospects, we have Dalen Baldwin, wide receiver of Michigan. Super excited to have you on today's show. Uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys having me on, Cody and John. Uh, just honored to be here. Honestly, just another interview that I have. Appreciate y'all, though. <laughs> yes, sir. And Dylan, let's jump right into it. Before you had a great pro day at Michigan, you started gaining the attention of scouts during the Tropical Bowl. So uh, can you talk about how you was able to use that experience and actually build your draft stock? And by the way, I was also told that the Houston Texans started giving you a look as well. Yeah, uh, no, they definitely they definitely uh, gave me an interview. I definitely interviewed one of the scouts. Uh, for me, it was about being locked in, being focused, understanding that. From here on out, it's everything is an assessment and uh, just got to put my best foot forward at all times. And like there is no, oh, I wish I had this back. It was just me just going hard the whole time and, and giving it my all, which I'm ultimately uh, happy about my performance while I was down there, which I did feel like I, I gained a lot of attention there. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Dalen, when you look at your college career, Morgan State, Jackson State, Michigan to receiving interest from several teams around the NFL. When you look back on your journey, you look at the route that you had to take to get here. What is your appreciation level to just be so close to playing in the NFL, especially considering that you had to take a different route from most prospects who are also in the same draft class? Uh, for me, uh, man, it was just about God, um, honestly, because you couldn't, uh, you couldn't have, told 18 year old me that I was going to go to Morgan State that have to leave two years later. You couldn't tell 20 year old me that I was going to go to Jackson State and be coached by Deion Sanders. You could have mm. told uh, 21 year old me that I was going to go to Michigan and play for hardball 
shortly after. So for me, um, that was a huge thing. Like those steps weren't weren't um, they weren't always off philosophy and oh, I understand exactly what's going on. They were really off faith. You you get what I'm saying? Understanding that I, I know what I work hard for and I know how hard I work and just putting um, honestly just putting my God putting God and uh, my family first. Honestly, so for me that that was like the biggest thing. It, it was definitely a lot of faith in, included in that. In your past two years, you've had some games where you've averaged 22 or more yards per catch at least six times. What about your game gives you that big playmaking ability? Uh, it's about me being smart. I just I, – I like, we all play – I feel like all receivers are playmakers. It's about me. I really study film. I don't – I don't take that – I don't take film lightly. I understand the defense that I'm going against. I kind of guess – especially when I was at Jackson, I had to really guess how they were going to play me based on if they were going to play two over me or not, like just and still figure out ways to get open. You get what I'm saying? So for me, it was a lot of like just figuring things out, which was different for me because I, I before that, I was never really the star of the team, like at receiver anyway. So for me, it was about figuring that out. Then uh, another stepping stone was Michigan, me developing again, just understanding defenses and stuff like that. So um, I feel like that's the best part of my game as well, how smart I am. So I feel like that definitely just helped a lot. I will say compliments to you and your uh, release at the line, line of scrimmage. Just going back and doing my own film work, it seems like you win right at the line of scrimmage with your, your quick release and your footwork. Has that always been a weapon of yours and your artillery growing up, or has that been something you had to work on uh, to be able to win some of those one-on-one -on -one battles? No, nah, I definitely, definitely had to work on that. Nothing from receiver really came uh, became really uh, – came really easy for real. I had a quick first step, but that's about it. Honestly, uh, I played – when I started Lily, I played uh, O-line, D-line my first eight years of football. I never played receiver until I got to high school. So, like, everything from there just took work. Uh, shout out Coach Mason Wild out Tech. He was he one of my guys who helped me since I was – since I started playing receiver. Um, he really – he really helped me get to where I needed to be as far as releases because that was one thing he harped on me staying low at the line because I was a taller, linkier receiver when I was younger. So for uh, for that, yeah, I just had to just really grind and just keep working releases. In. And now once I figured out how other how other receivers view releases, I started understanding how important they were. And I knew that if I could win a release, I could win a route. Hmm. Dalen, you played one season under Coach Deion Sanders, played another season under Coach Jim Harbaugh. What is your confidence level going into the NFL knowing that on one hand, you got coached by one of the best NFL players of all time. Then yes, on the sir. other hand, you had an opportunity to learn from a former coach of the year who actually won the award in 2011. Um, man, just a lot. Um, honestly, I'm blessed. Uh, just seeing both sides of it. Uh, seeing, seeing how everything works from the NFL aspect because that's all they wanted to bring to the organizations that I mean to the schools that, that I was at. They just wanted to bring the NFL feel to it. So I seen it like I seen all of anything the NFL could offer. I feel like I seen it already, um, including the playbook, including how shoot getting cut off the team work dang near. Like I didn't seen that stuff. So for me, um, I didn't seen the atmospheres of, of the of the uh, competitive spirit of uh, NFL practice. I feel like almost. Uh, which is a blessing being at Michigan and Jackson State. Uh, so, yeah, I just I, I'm 100 percent confident. I feel like I can come in and, and uh, make noise right away. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So. What receiver or receivers do you sit, watch film, and kind of compare yourself to? 
man, I try to watch all of them. I try to just, I try to take anything from everybody. Uh, I watch Chad Joseco workouts all the time. I watch Chad Johnson more than any other receiver. I'm not gonna lie wow. to you. Uh, uh, Sterling Sharp. I love Sterling Sharp. Not not Sterling Sharp that played for the Giants, but Shannon Sharp, older brother who played Green Bay a while ago. Uh, I like. Oh, we I know. Sterling we know Sharp. who that is. Yeah, and everybody don't know who that is. Everybody know who that is. You gotta really we be know who that is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta really be a receiver. So, uh, Sterling Sharp, uh, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, D Hop. I watch. I watch every. I try to watch everybody. I just try to take one thing from everybody' game to make my own game. You get what I'm saying? So. Um, just just being a student of the game, learning how they how they view things. So, how much has being a student of the game actually helped you? Because not too many people, as you mentioned, know Sterling Sharp. Everybody knows Shannon, but not, they don't know Sterling. And you just no, talk about how much you watch Chad Ochocinco. So, can you just talk about how just being a student of the game, a historian of the game, actually helped you in your game? No, nah, uh, most definitely. So it helped you. It helped you identify a lot of stuff, uh, like even with my training. Like I can't, I don't go to any trainer because I know if you're training me right or not. Because I know what I'm doing. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. And like that's right. a that's a huge thing to it though, because you got you got trainers who may not know as much, but you got the kid a kid following them. Like for me, like now I know when you when you're doing the right thing and when you're not. That's a big part of of like what I'm like of me in the, my development because I'm all about development because that's that's what got me here, getting better every uh, day in and day out. So. For me, no, that's definitely helped my game tremendously. Just understanding what drills to do, what drills not to do. Um, understand the little things of the game, the coverages, especially understanding defensive coverages, because once you do that, the entire game can slow down for you. You know what I'm saying? So just um just happy and blessed that I've been that I am a student of the game. You know, after playing one season at Michigan, I wanted to ask about uh playing in the Big Ten and that competition. They had 44 players drafted in 2021. Uh, how has that actually helped you get prepared for this upcoming year, this year's upcoming draft? A lot of talent yeah, out there me. in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, go, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh, not helped me a lot, man. Um, for me, uh, the intensity of every play was the thing. Uh, when I was at when I was at my two previous schools before that it would the intensity every play wasn't as high as it was as out as it was in the big Ten, to be perfectly honest uh but for me that 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 prepared me that much more to see that to come with that intensity every single play and to never take a playoff ever you know what i'm saying so for me that was like the that was like the big thing that was the big jump for me Dalen, before we let you go, um, I do want to ask this question really quick. You know, everybody know Michigan, everybody know Jackson State because of Coach Dion, what he has been able to do, especially for HBCUs. But can you just talk about your first school at Morgan State and how that basically laid the foundation to get you to where you are today? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, shout out Coach Dickerson, all them guys who was there in that receiver core. Uh, you got uh, Trig, Tay White, um, uh, Sean Don, those guys, the older guys, uh, little, you got the older guys who they really took me in. They really like, they really messed with me, and that that gave me a lot of confidence because I think I started after after game like the second game of the season. I started as a freshman, so for me, um, it was about uh, Coach D definitely helped me. Coach Ron Dickerson he helped me a lot, um, just developing me and just get allowing me to be confident in my game and understanding that like. Okay, this is your game. Just you, you love it. You and you make it better. You get what I'm saying? He didn't really try to change how I played at all, but um, 
no, it was definitely a blessing. It laid that, that foundation. We had times where we ain't really had nowhere to work out. We had to go work out in the gym. Like those times we had to really find determine, find ways to work out all the time. Like even when it gets cold outside, we got to find somewhere to work out. We got to find something to do. Go to, we go into neighboring schools. If they had an indoor uh, facility for their uh, soccer team or something like that, we'll go around routes in there. But uh, we just had to be creative and really find a way to work because it wasn't always given to us. So um, that was the blessing. And for that, like, I appreciated my next two sets, which is Jackson State and uh, Michigan. Like, I appreciated everything that they had to offer. So for me, it was a, it was definitely about just finding that little grit, getting out the mud a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And little, little dirty, never hurt nobody. <laughs> yes, sir. Last question before getting out of here. I've been told several teams have been looking at you. Let's say an NFL scout runs across Locked On Texans. They see your name. They, they, you know, they give it a listen. They're liking everything that they just heard. If you could make one final pitch to an NFL scout to a team, and to let them to to make them say, you know what, we're gonna take a chance on take a chance on this young man next week during the draft. What would that be? Uh, for me, uh, it really just be. I'm coming to play right now. Whoever get me. I'm coming to play right now. We ain't, I don't plan on – I didn't develop enough. I'm coming to play right now. So, whoever get me, best of luck to you. Warren. I love that answer. <laughs> By the Warren. way, we go, if if the Texans draft you, we definitely need you to come right away because we, we got a quarterback you. named Davis Mills. He just needs to I make like sure the, he got I weapons. Like the, I, I watch the game. I like I like Davis Mills. He can, he can throw the ball. Hey, I'm sure you know you had an opportunity to transfer over to Michigan. You guys didn't get an opportunity to play with one another, but you also know we got Nico Collins, uh, a former Wolverine down here in Houston too. So we mm -hmm. get two Wolverines, we might be doing something. Mm. No, most definitely. I didn't even get yeah, I didn't even get to play with Nico, but yeah, no, we can definitely link up. We you a mission, you go to Michigan, we all that's all love. We forever locked in. It don't even matter. I don't even have to know you for real. That's a, it's a brotherhood it up there for real. Wide receiver, like Davis Mills, got a connection with Nick. Hey, th this sounds like the perfect pick. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm saying. <laughs> no, for real, for real. Oh, we love it, man. Thank you for uh, stopping by the Locked On Texas podcast today. We had a great interview and conversation, really, with you. Let everybody know where they can follow you uh, on Twitter, social media, Instagram, whatever you want to feel comfortable putting out there. What's up? Uh, my Instagram is DaylonBaldwin2, my whole name, number two. Then my Twitter is my whole name, Dalen Baldwin 10. So uh nothing, nothing crazy. Just Dalen Baldwin. Go ahead and type that in, it'll pop right up for y'all. Right, I'm gonna go ahead and hit that follow. <laughs> Appreciate it. Go. Awesome. Sounds good. Dalen, best of luck to you next week, man. Hopefully we have an opportunity to do this again. Um, I have a feeling sure. we will, you know. You'll be officially part of this team. Who knows? But, man, yes, once sir. again, man, it doesn't matter if it's the Texans or the other 31 teams in the league, man. Good luck to you. We are rooting for you. And um, hopefully we talk to you again soon, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you. Yes, sir. If you have not jumped on the Bill Bar hype train, you should do it right now. I don't know what you're waiting on. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace these with your candy bars. They're better, and typically a candy bar can carry between two to 300 calories. Go to Build.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. And most Build Bar contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 
four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. The best part, mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond. What are those? Those are all the delicious and amazing flavors you can choose from. Go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We've made it to the weekend. It's Friday. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back in. And before we end today's episode, I've got to shout out Dalen Baldwin. Yes, sir. Got to shout out the Wolverines, man. Uh, the idea of having two Wolverines here in Houston, Cody, uh, Nico Collins is already here. How do you think that'll play out? What you mean? I, I would love that. And by the way, there might be a slim chance there could be three, you know. Another Wolverine could be taken at number three. If he falls, you know, yeah. down there, you never know. But I, mean, but I, 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 I just don't want these boys to come out here, man, and they start <laughs> eating some of this Houston food, and they start seeing some of all of the attractions Houston can offer. I want y'all to come out here and ball, man, like you guys I, did in, in I think they will. You know, that's one thing about the city of Houston. Like when players it's come here, they step their game up because it's like you get the mix, you get the best of both worlds. You know, Houston got a lot to offer, you know, in terms of like, you know, whatever you like to do off the field, or off the court, or off the diamond. But at the same time, they have all everything that you need to make sure you be successful and put on for this city. And one thing I love about covering Houston sports, especially the Houston Texans and Rockets, yes, it's kind of rough right now, but I am enjoy covering these young guys like a Nico Collins, like a Davis Mills, like a Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. You know, quick story. Uh, this was after James Harden, James Harden dropped his first triple-double at home as a Rocket. And uh, mm-hmm. I was out with my boys, man. We went to V-Live. And if you guys don't remember V-Live, like the real V-Live, it was a moment in time. But uh, we were getting ready to go. And I wasn't making no locked on money then, so I had to get in and get out. <laughs> and I hear the DJ, hold on, James Harden in the house. James Harden in the house. And I'm thinking to I myself, remember this story. The game just ended 30 minutes ago. <laughs> When James Harden walked in, fresh off a triple-double, that's when you knew he was the king of Houston sports. And we had a great run with James Harden. He's out there balling with um, Philly, found out a couple of nights ago, but they're up 2-0 on the Raptors. But just saying that to say, Houston offers everything. Now we're going to offer y'all some of these comments. Jalen Johnson, 03-09. This is on the Changing the Narrative episode. And he mentioned this was a couple of days ago. If they do, and this was in regards to uh, this was in regards to the draft and what they should do. Jalen Johnson said, if they do, I would like for them to go with Icky because how great he is at guard, and also if hmm. and when Casario moves on from either Tunsil or Howard, he can move Icky to left or right tackle. Even though we would have a whole. Uh, a hole at left guard again. Uh, he continued with discussing Zion Johnson at 13, which I'll be a fan of. But I want to say this. 
I'm just not a fan, Cody, of drafting a tackle and immediately moving inside. Right? Yeah. I'm not a fan. Of, and I also feel like when we do see tackles move inside, a lot of times, then I think that comes off to me that they are in that quote unquote bust stratosphere. Mm hmm. The, 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 now, you have to get moved in so that you, the, the, uh, the team will be able to get the best out of you. I get it. But if we draft a tackle at three overall and immediately move him to guard, that, that, that screams to me we could have drafted a guard later in the draft <laughs> and let him play guard. So that's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, and, John, to be honest with you, with the guys that they, I guess, probably more so started bringing in last year in the draft, man, I just want them to play their natural position. If they'll tackle, just let them play tackle. If they'll guard, let them play guard. Because over the last couple of seasons, we have seen these players' development. Got PTSD from yeah, you know, we see these players that their development get kind of messed up. I mean, you take a look at Lonnie Johnson, corner, safety, back of corner. I mean, you take a look at Titus Howard. He was doing good at tackle. Then last year, they just had this bright idea to put him inside and play guard. He looked terrible. He didn't start looking like himself until you put him back at tackle. Even Jordan Akins, by the way, Jordan Akins just signed a one-year deal with the the New York Giants. But, you know, I'm breaking him because he began his career as a pass-catching tight end, was really good for the Texans. Then all of a sudden he had a bright idea. Let's just use him as a blocker instead. The guy looked terrible. So I just hope this new era of Houston Texans football you know, whether that still be Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, or whatever the case might be, I'm hoping that they actually play to the strength of these players versus trying to make them into something that nine times out of ten they are not. Bill O'Brien. Oh Lord. Comment on no, he commented. I don't. I, I don't know if this is the real Bill O'Brien. This is not the real Bill O'Brien. If it is, if text him right now and tell him come on this show so we can find out what the hell happened. From well, what went wrong from the time they beat Buffalo to how we got here on April twenty second, twenty twenty two? Because he has a lot to do with that, and I mean a lot. He has an absolute lot to do with that. But he did say, (laughs) seeing what Brady did, it's up to Mills to be as great as he can be. Whoever you are, Bill (laughs) O'Brien, I hate to use Brady and, and any other quarterback in the same sentence, but. Bill O'Brien, you know, this is why the conversation of whether or not it's important or should Houston really consider trading for Debo is a very great conversation. Nobody in this league at quarterback will succeed with lackluster talent around Mm. them. It's just not going to happen. And so um, it's kind of funny. You look at Debo playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. A.J. Brown, who says he wants to stay in Tennessee, I believe him. He's got to play with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Terry McLaurin, the carousel of different quarterbacks that he has to play with in his uh, young career. And D.K. Metcalf, now that Russell Wilson is gone, you know, I don't know how long his days are in Seattle. Four great wide receivers possibly on the move between the next season and two seasons. And – you know, I, I do think Houston should throw their hat at one of them, at least. Uh, I don't think A.J. Brown would be in the running. I don't think D.K. would be in the running. But maybe a Terry McLaurin. Who knows? 
We're a week, we're, we are officially a week away, and hmm. it will get interesting day by day, time by time, click by click, YouTube by YouTube. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Subscribe at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12, and follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we are six days away, John. Lord have mercy. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Good Friday. (laughs)